The Rudy Giuliani Show. Hello, this is Rudy Giuliani, and welcome to The Rudy Giuliani Show. Thank you for joining us today. And uh, we're the beginning of a week that uh, starts off like they all do with more and more issues, problems building up for Joe Biden. Uh, let's start. Let's start with the uh, well, we can pick almost anything. Let's start with the artwork done by his psychiatrist, Dr. Keith Ablo. They don't mention in this article about Keith Ablo. This is Hunter Biden's uh, psychiatrist, uh, who was the psychiatrist between 2018 and 2019 when the major Chinese crimes were taking place. Uh, Ablo himself got arrested. I mean, Hunter, you got to realize everybody around Hunter gets arrested. His partner, Devin Archer, uh, the, the guy, uh, Patrick Ho, who was a Chinese communist, Yu Jinming, uh, well, he, he did worse than get arrested. We can't find him. They keep saying he's, be, he's, he's at the bottom of the Yangtze River. Uh, his father put him in contact with all of these criminals because that's who gives you the money. And that's a hell of a thing to do to a guy who's got an addictive personality, but nobody ever said that Joe was a decent human being. Well, people did say it, but they're just wrong. Uh, so Ablo, among other things, uh, Hunter left behind one of his uh, computers there. So Ablo and I have something in common. We both got one of his computers, except Ablo put it in the safe. And when the FBI came to arrest Ablo, they took the uh, the computer and they, of course, covered it up for Hunter. So we don't know what's on that computer. The FBI was able to cover that one up. Uh, but Ablo now uh, is thinks this is really funny. He thinks the idea of using massive amounts of cocaine and driving an automobile, for example, is funny. Well, it's really funny until you kill a kid, right? Or he thinks it's really funny to smoke massive amounts of crack cocaine in a house with um, with minor children. Another psychiatrist, one who was an honorable and decent one who hasn't been arrested, thought that Hunter should be nowhere near those children because he uh, they they thought he was a danger to those children. Uh, he told his father that, Hunter did, and he even admitted to his father kind of pathetically that he is a danger to his kids. And, of course, his father, who obviously has only selective caring for his grandchildren, didn't do a damn thing about it. He kept the drug addict and pervert around the kids for, you know, several years, even though the psychiatrist thought it was dangerous. So this jerky, idiot psychiatrist who uh, got arrested when he was taking care of Hunter does a painting of a prescription, and he calls it, uh, he writes down, you know, he, he writes down prescribing every day for Hunter, blow. And then he then he strikes it out and he puts down blow paint, like ha ha. As your therapy, you should paint. Hey, Ablo, you idiot! This is not a joke. The reason there's a law that a drug addict shouldn't be carrying a weapon is so they don't kill somebody, idiot. The reason they're not supposed to be smoking crack and driving an automobile, jackass, is because they can kill somebody. That's why. No wonder you got arrested by the FBI, you creep. That guy used to be on Fox. <laughs> Ablo.
What a psychiatrist. Whew. I think I'd go with the psychiatrist that um, was his niece's psychiatrist who said, keep Hunter Biden away from the children. He is a, well, she didn't say he was a pervert, but she said he's very dangerous to the children. You want to take a good look? You could come up, you could come up with a, um, a thing that he's a pervert. You know, I, they don't have it on the list here of uh, cuts that we have, but I was listening to it myself before. You got a weird one the other day with Hunter leaning over to, leaning over to a little girl. I mean, uh, Joe leaning over to a little girl and saying something to her. You can't make out what it is. They, somebody played with it and made it sound like, um, made it sound like he was smelling her hair. I mean, you know, but in fact, he does say to her, don't tell your mother. Now, there's just too much of this, isn't there? What is this? He's leaning over, touching little girls. Well, he's got one where his hand comes up to their breasts. Then he's got others where he's smelling their hair. There are some in which these little girls look extremely frightened and uh, uncomfortable. And this last one, he says, don't tell your mother. But what the hell is the president of the United States doing that for if he isn't a weirdo? And you remember his story about he liked the little children touching the hair on his legs. How do we keep him in the White House? You tell me how unpatriotic the people around him must be and how little they must care about the country to allow a perverted, falling apart creep like this to be president of the United States. I mean, it's disgusting. It's disgusting. So uh, yesterday, uh, Michael Goodwin had a great column. In which he basically says he, 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 he feels like I do that this guy's not going to make it to the end, meaning uh, to the election, that one of the two things is going to take him down. He says there are two tracks. One is performance. Well, I mean, he can't perform. Uh, too bad we're on radio and we're not on television. Tonight on my live stream, I'm going to play something that I call Walk to Oblivion. I'm going to play some of his recent walking episodes where it looks like he's walking off into the sunset and doesn't know where the hell he was going. Like, remember his walking? Have you seen the pictures of him walking on the beach? I mean, I don't even think he knows he's on a beach. But he walks like he <laughs> he walks like the people that are driven, that, that are pushed around uh, and, and led around in nursing homes. And then, the, then getting off the stage, uh, he doesn't follow his wife and he gets lost coming off the stage. So he says, um, one reason is that 71% of, uh, these people in this poll, including half of Democrats, think he's too old to be reelected. Well, they don't think he's too old. I mean, you can see Prince Charles walking with him. Prince Charles is in his 70s. He walks just fine. He's not too old. He's too decrepit. And by the way, 10 years ago, he was too stupid. So, I mean, there, this is not. The second track, of course, is his son and his crimes, which are building up day after day after day after day. And this is even before we open the, the, uh, offshore bank accounts. I mean, without that, we're up to 30 million plus in bribes over 30 years. And, I will say the one mistake, Michael, in your column is you say big guy was secretly slated to get 10% of the money. 
Well, the evidence for that is is a piece of paper that says that and, and two witnesses. Well, there's the same evidence that says that he got 50% of everything as an overarching part of the conspiracy. And that's just at about the same time. That's in December of 2018. And that's a text from Hunter to his daughter saying that for for 30 years, I've been paying all the expenses of this family, and I must give 50% of my income to my father. Now, that solidifies the fact that it's a criminal conspiracy. It answers the question that we all know the answer to anyway, which is why would they be giving Hunter Biden this kind of money when he was a lifelong drug addict? China doesn't burn money. They were giving it to him because of deliverables from his father. Now, I think we know some of the deliverables. Helping them get places where they could put their hands on oil and gas so they could outstrip the United States by, well, 2048 was their original goal. Now it's shut down from that. Uh, Putting them in a more secure position by giving up an air base only 400 miles from China. No president that wasn't paid off would do that. And not criticizing them over COVID. Announcing uh, during COVID that they're really a, a good nation and friends of ours. He's the only only guy in America that would say that. But he's the only guy in America, I think, that got $31 million from the Chinese communists. So, I mean, there are there are both sides of the equation for a very well-developed, very well-proven uh, crime of bribery that happened for so long it becomes a racketeering case, which allows you to seize all their property. I mean, it really would be the uh, justice if these uh, properties they bought with the Chinese communist money was taken back from them. And it can be done under RICO. Believe me, I did it many times. Even took over restaurants. Even took over the Teamsters Union that way and straightened it out. Hmm? You can do a lot of things. So also at 8 o'clock tonight, uh, tune in and we'll we'll treat you to uh, walk to oblivion. That's uh, basically watching Joe Biden walk. And we'll make some commentary on what it indicates in terms of the uh, DSM-5, which is the uh, book that's used to, uh, to, to, to determine if you have dementia and what stage of dementia you're in. And believe me, <laughs> he's in the he's in the. I'm not sure who I am stage. Uh, immigration uh, every day. Uh, it, it, this administration is one massive disaster over uh, after another. Uh, our borders right now are wide open. The situation that Adams has created, and make no mistake about it, Adams has created this situation. He invited these people here. And he makes it comfortable and nice and better than any place else to be. So you are getting destroyed financially by Adams. Uh, today, Nicole Galinas has an article that says that uh, we now have double the number of people in city housing in just the last 18 months, 100,000 people. And that our budget is up 9.5% over de Blasio's final budget, which was a COVID budget. When we come back, we will go a little further with that and uh, a bunch of other things to cover that you're not going to get anywhere else. We'll be right back. 
the former mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. On the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with you on the Rudy Giuliani Show. I have the great pleasure of having with me Royce White. Royce was um, was uh, the number one pick in basketball, a number one pick rather of the Houston Rockets in the uh, in the first round draft. I think it was in 2012. 2012, 2012 yes. And uh, before that, he was Minnesota Mr. Basketball. He was a uh, on the championship team uh, twice. He had an undefeated uh, team, Hopkins High School, uh, a, a perfect season. Uh, this is really a superior basketball player. Um, all of a sudden, now I just happen to have out Wikipedia, nice, 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 nice left wing rag, which refers <laughs> to him and I as a far right populist. Yes, which is why I support him proudly. proudly. <laughs> Through them, I mean, this, this is ridiculous. So uh, he ha- he <laughs> he has the uh, he has the distinction of having run against uh, Omar. Uh, how, how do we pronounce her name now? I want to get it right. Ilhan Omar. Ilhan. Ilhan. Yes. Ilhan yes. Omar. Yes. Uh, in the uh, primary in Min- in Minneapolis, which was decided by seven hundred votes. Yes, I wrote. I ran against a woman named Cicely Davis, who was my Republican primary opponent. Um, so she defeated me in the primary by about seven hundred or eight hundred votes uh-huh. to go on to lose to Ilhan in grand fashion, just like the Minnesota GOP would would like it. Now, do you think you would have had a better chance against it? I think you would have. You, well, you know, the, the the thing about the Minnesota GOP <clears throat> is, you know, true of a lot of uh, Republican establishments across the country that have become never Trump. Uh, bastions and and they they always go for uh, everything that they shouldn't when it comes to picking candidates and and they support everything uh, that they shouldn't when it comes to picking candidates, especially in deep blue deep blue territories like where Ilhan is. Now how how did you um, how did you decide to become a Republican? How did you get interested in politics and how did you decide to become a Republican? Well, interesting story. I well, first off, when I was drafted by the MB, in, in, into the NBA, my story was very public because. I had uh, had a very uh, very well covered anxiety disorder. When I was in college, I spoke openly about dealing with anxiety. Uh-huh. Okay, and um, as the draft came around, it became a very big storyline in the draft because but it, never, it didn't affect your playing. Never affect my playing once. I was on, I was an All American. I led my team in every no, major I mean, stat category. I was if, probably if, one of the best players in the if country. You, if you play basketball, I guess with anxiety, I want to have anxiety. Well, yeah. Well, it was it was strange. People always asked me, you know, uh, you have anxiety. How do you play in front of seventeen thousand fans? I said, hey, it doesn't work like that. And yeah. I'm actually more comfortable in front of seventeen thousand fans than anywhere else in my life, which is. Odd, but a blessing at and the same time. And reflected yourself in not being able to uh, go on an airplane. Well, I I could fly, but it certainly made me a little more anxious to fly than than almost anything else. Um, but but it never it never stopped me from performing well when I was at Iowa State. We flew, you know, Iowa State is the northernmost university in the Big Twelve Conference. Oh, of course. So the right. other teams in our conference: Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, Texas Tech, Texas A and M, so on and so forth. So we flew to every almost every uh, conference game. And and would would you essentially be over the anxiety by the time of the game? Um, well, no, when the, when the game starts, you've got the pregame anxiety. All athletes have that. That's normal anxiety. Yeah. Like, yeah. We, we all yeah. have, I mean, yeah. like performance anxiety yeah. or, yeah. All I mean, of us. Uh, look, and I've, I've given, you know, 2000 speeches, but there isn't a time in which when, 
There's no little tingle when you first start, and particularly yeah. if it's a big speech. Yeah. You know, if it's the ordinary small little speech, you might get used to it. You go out in a convention, or you, you see, my when I first time I introduced Trump in front of 25,000 people, wow. I, I had to think about it. I had given a 1,000 speeches by then. But that's the normal anxiety. And then once you get into it, you're over. Yes, no doubt. Once whether the game starts, you're, you're over. Sports or you're, or Speaking, you're, or you're anything. Yeah. Once you start, you, you, it's out of your mind, and then you don't worry again until it's over. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So, I, so, so when I got drafted, um, that that had become a big story. I got drafted, and myself and the Houston Rockets and the NBA, we all kind of got behind the scenes and tried to have a discussion about mental health and mental health policy at the time. The collective bargaining agreement in the NBA didn't have a single mention of mental health in the entire document. I thought that was odd. And so I went to the te- the doctors on the team. I went to a few doctors that were involved in the NBA uh, higher ups in the medical department, uh, and a few of my own doctors that I had come from at Iowa State. And so we all started to have this dialogue about was a mental health policy possible? Was it feasible? And, and was it was it workable? And they all agreed that we could come up with one. The NBA sort of flew me the finger and said, "No, nah, we don't want that." How do you like that? Well, we'll be right back, and we'll 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 have Royce with us for a few more minutes on the other side. So you stay with us, and we want to talk about Minnesota and the politics there. Rudy Giuliani on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Rudy Giuliani back with the Rudy Giuliani Show, and I am joined by Royce White, former professional basketball player, NBA, former candidate for the United States Congress in uh, Minneapolis, Minnesota, and rumored to be a possible candidate in 24 for the United States Senate against Senator Kobachar, who's seeking a third term. And um, uh, Minnesota is a state that, uh, gosh, I thought in 16 we'd win it. And I thought in 20, had we not had the Floyd situation, uh, Minnesota, I thought, you know, in the interim period, had that stuff not happened, uh, Trump would have won it, the pandemic and Floyd and that that sort of thing. And now I wonder where it stands. So um, you've got a lot of issues in Minneapolis. I guess we have them all over the country. But they seem like they're a little bit magnified there. The crime, the crime rate has gone up tremendously. There's been a defunding of the police. You've got a big, I call it the, the, the left wing war against parents uh, going on. Uh, what's the, what, what's the main one? And I, you know, I, I assume you're thinking about running for office. I hope you are. Yeah. Well, definitely thinking about it. And I, you know, I told everybody who followed and supported the the campaign in Congress that I wasn't going to give up if I wasn't successful in Congress, mainly due to the the Republican establishment, the rhinos there in Minnesota that, you know, basically try to derail me in in the primary that I would run again. And, um, I'm I'm definitely thinking about it and strongly considering it, uh, and, and more leaning towards doing so. You know, the main problem in, in Minnesota is one of two things. Uh, number one, the Democrats have just taken over. I mean, literally, they've taken over all, right. you know, the entire yeah, I state. I mean, you think about it. We had a Republican governor. We had a Republican senator uh, uh, just eight years ago, seven years ago. Yeah, yeah. No, they've taken over. And the, the last, this last election in the midterms, they took everything. Um, so 
that, that's part of the problem. But the ethos in, in Minnesota and, and the Twin Cities has been leaning more liberal and Democrat for a while. Mm-hmm. It reflects in our education system. It reflects in, in the, the Minneapolis, particularly, where we're the most blue. The, the, the entire Democrat uh, apparatus is constrained. The, the voting block is constrained just to Minneapolis. Minnesota is one of those unique states where all the people live in this metropolitan area or half of the people live in this metropolitan area and half the all the other people live in the rural area. And they're all Republican. The entire rural Minnesota is Republican. And and Minneapolis. And it comes down to a couple hundred thousand votes, Mayor. And there is huge questions about the legitimacy. No kidding. Of uh, (laughs) uh, ballot harvesting, number one, aside from all the other uh, security issues in the election, but specifically ballot harvesting in places like, um, you know, uh, places where Ilhan Omar has a huge uh, Somali contingency. And so those things have been questioned. But I mean, in a, in a race that comes down to a couple hundred thousand votes every every time statewide. Yeah, these things are, are uh, not easy to rig, but they're it's doable. It's doable. I mean, for example, the 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 race that took place in 16. Uh, Trump. How, how close was Trump in 16? It wasn't it wasn't far off. But then you had the then you had the Floyd situation and the pandemic situation and Floyd that, that I that, that I think um, that I think probably made Minneapolis more difficult. Yes. Yes. Well, you know, and how how is that? How is that? Because you also have had a tremendous amount of crime. Yes. How has that all uh, affected the people? Well, look, I think all across the country, um, black and Hispanic vote voters, black and Hispanic voters are waking up to the fact that the Democrat Party doesn't have their best interest at heart. And where they may have been fooled before, tricked into this sort of personality politics with Donald Trump perpetuated by the mainstream media. Now, they take a step back and go, hey, you guys had four years. You had every branch, right? And what did we get out of it? I think right. a guy like Ice Cube is is making a point of – he made a point of emphasizing that by trying to work with Trump with the contract with Black America. And now he's emerging again to ask similar questions and four years four years later, the the rent has come due, and Black and Hispanic voters are sitting there going, "Hey, well, what what is this scam?" So now, just by default, even in Minneapolis, I'm starting to hear Black men, we should have we should have voted for Trump. It's happening right now. Right. I mean, his number went up a little bit, uh, be be in six, uh, sixteen and then in twenty. Uh, he now Minnesota was a two was a two percent difference in sixteen. Yep, close. Uh, that's that. That is. Uh, whew. That's close enough to flip it around. <laughs> close enough for me to get in there and do some work, I think. Right? I, I absolutely do. I absolutely do think so. And I think that uh, uh, Klobuchar has been a 100% supporter of the Biden program. Yes. So every every, every uh, single thing attributed to Biden, you can attribute to, to her. And also, I think the American people have to get used to the fact that when you're voting for the Senate or the House, you know what you're voting for? You're voting for the leadership. Before you're voting for anything else, they often say the most important vote member of Congress or the Senate cast is the first one because whoever has that leadership, they they become the effective force in the government. Absolutely. And we can see it right now. I mean, we have the House. We don't have the Senate. As a result of that, we can't get much passed. Right. But also because we have the House, we can block Biden. So that leadership is really important. So people who want to see a change in government can have to vote for you. As opposed to uh, Kolbachar, if if you both run, and I think you know another another thing that I learned in the Congress race is 
People are still under the illusion that when you run for Congress or Senate seat, you're running for the constituency in your state or district. You're not. We're in a nationwide political standoff now. So if you see a candidate that's running in another state that's integral to winning, uh, uh, you know, the 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 control of the House or Senate, you should support them. You should send them campaign finances, whether it's your state or not, because a vote in that Senate is going to affect your state just like you, the the person who's in your state. Now, is is uh, the whole gender war a big thing? It is. I know it is full in tilt. Minneapolis. Full tilt. Whole state. Or just no, a, no, 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 just in the cities. Just in the cities. Full tilt. Because they're not pushing the agenda in the rural areas? Uh, I, they may be, but the rural areas, again, the, the rural areas of uh, Minnesota, whether you're in the Iron Range, whether you're out in western Minnesota where it's more uh, farming or you're down in southern Minnesota where it's more farming, all of these people are conservatives. All of these people are Republicans. Uh, the, 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 the liberal gender ideology is mainly constrained You're to the You're not going to have a drag queen come in and, and teach people uh, not to out question in, not their Not out gender? and out state, no. But certainly in Minneapolis. <laughs> on a far, farming community, is not going to let them in? Certainly in Minneapolis. <laughs> you know, Minneapolis is one of the biggest LGBTQ communities per capita, uh, and that's why you see the liberal politics so strong in, in Minneapolis. Now, do you get certain members of the LGBTQ community that oppose this trans uh, uh, movement. We we had on Dr. Uh, Maria and I had on yesterday a woman who runs a LGBTQ uh, group that is against the trans agenda. Yes, and says it's ruining what they accomplished, the goodwill they built up for themselves, uh, because most she said most most uh, gays against grooming is the yes. name of her organization. Yes. She says they're, they're, they're killing what we what we accomplished. Yeah, God God bless these people. You know, I'm I'm a Christian. I'm a conservative. I don't necessarily agree with the lifestyle. I, I don't agree with the lifestyle. Yeah, but the point remains that no matter no matter whether you agree with somebody's lifestyle or not, we're at a time and moment in the nation where those who will stand up and speak the truth, even against their own, is more important than ever. So yeah, there's one thing to be gay or, or lesbian. There's another thing to be trans and want to dress like a woman on the weekends. Not my cup of tea, but hey, it's America. It's another thing to tell a young boy who's prepubescent that if he cuts his, his genitals off, he can actually become a woman. That's predatory. And it's, yeah, it's completely uh, yeah. ridiculous. I mean, there's no question about that. Uh, I don't, I find a hard time, you know, figuring out where this comes from, except, uh, the, the, the people who are completely perverted or who have a mission to try to destroy our country for the sake of communism. Yeah, I'd say a mixture of both. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I mean, this is sure. not this is not something to be. Uh, to- I mean, this is very serious. Well, when you look at the, the the biggest hypocrisy with the entire Democrat narrative right now is their support of China, um, at least from a corporate standpoint, from a trade standpoint. They're they're all in for the Chinese uh, revolution, uh, global right. politics, or global uh, economy. Uh, but China's banned having effeminate uh, men on television. There's nothing. There's nothing pro LGBTQ about China from a state standpoint, yeah, and, or and, Russia either. Yeah, and and the Chinese communists push it on us, absolutely, in order to destroy us. For the same, um, you know, we'll have another talk about this for the same reason they they allow they send fentanyl here. Absolutely, they're not going to have it in China, but they're going to kill as many of us as possible. George Floyd, fentanyl in the system, straight from the CCP. Of course, we never knew that at the time, right? Right. Well, thank you very very much. You are. God bless you. You're just God the kind of guy you, we need, and we'll, we'll, we'll be there with you, and we want to, want to know right away when you decide, uh, Royce, when you decide to go, all right? Thank you, brother. Godspeed. Right. God, God bless you. Isn't he great? He is a terrific. Uh, how, about, uh, how about Saul in Long Island? 
Uh, Mr. Mayor, thanks for taking my call. I have a question for you. Uh, are my personal beliefs protected under Constitution of the United States? Of course. If, yes, I have a question for you. Go ahead. Go ahead. Your personal beliefs are protected under the Constitution. Always has been, always will be. Uh, well, okay. maybe not in the Biden regime, but under the Constitution they are. Yes. Okay. Uh, I believe that Anthony Fauci, with the help of Chinese government, manufactured COVID-19. They released it into population. They killed millions of people to get rid of it. President Trump. That's my belief. You're entitled. I mean, I don't I, I don't subscribe to that full uh, analysis, uh, but I, you have every right to have that belief and uh, you have every right to advocate that. And there is some basis for it. I, I'll tell you what I believe. What I believe is that they were doing this extraordinarily irresponsible uh, uh, work uh, that had actually been banned by Obama. And Fauci had gone around Obama and uh, laundered money, American money, so that the experiments, gain-of-function experiments, which Obama had banned, would be done in China, but with, with American money and American companies. And he and the Red Chinese uh, came up with these exotic, extremely exotic uh, 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 viruses that could be used as bioweapons. And I and that 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 factory that they were using was a, a, a run was a terrible factory. It was one that the UK pulled out of a year before because it was so dangerous and it leaked so much stuff that uh, it leaked out of that factory and it started spreading. And as soon as the Chinese saw it spreading, first they came up with a alternative, ridiculous theory that it came from that market, which turns out to have nothing to do with it at all. And second, they decided they were going to do as much damage to the rest of the world as possible so that they could equalize the problem China was going to have financially and otherwise, and particularly kill as many Americans as possible, which they continue to do now with fentanyl. What do you think they send fentanyl in here for? I mean, if they were to go to war against us, they'd kill us. But they'd, they'd also get killed and it would cost them a lot of money. Well, they're getting it for free right now. Biden leaves the door wide open, wide open. Uh, I, was t- I was talking to uh, former INS guys that say that uh, Biden Biden has actually gotten the immigration people to help them come over the border. And that's why we have triple the number of fentanyl in the country, triple the number of deaths. Every one of those is a Chinese killing of an American. Like at war, except they- they're not at war. They don't lose anybody. Oh, and by the way, they make money on it, too. That's what happens when you buy a president. Uh, I don't get it. I don't get why we let him, why we allow, why we are so dumb that we allow him to function. I do not understand why there isn't a couple of brave souls in Washington that will stand up and say he cannot be president any longer. He doesn't have the mental capacity to be president, and he sold his soul to the red Chinese. And you got to be an absolute idiot. you got to be dumber than him not to see it. Let's go to Joseph in Tremont. Joseph. Okay, we'll go to Robert in Brooklyn. Hi, everybody. Um, thanks for taking my call. 
Um, like a week ago, you had played uh, President Trump in New Hampshire, talking about there should be, um, we shouldn't support schools that force the kid to take the COVID vaccine. And I just want to add, you know, to try to persuade President Trump that we need a law to protect people from being retaliated against, suffering any adverse consequences because of their vaccination status. For example, in New York City, if you didn't take the COVID vaccine at one point, they wouldn't let you use the gym. And I don't think it's right to force people to take a vaccine, especially experimental vaccine. And even the old vaccines like the measles, mumps, and rubella, they're talking about using the new technology, the mRNA technology. Well, I think, I think that any uh, – first of all, I was opposed to that from the very beginning uh, because of exactly the reason you say. The vaccine was not uh, going to go through the usual two- to three-year process which for a vaccine is critical because uh, you, you can't tell what kind of side effects sometimes until a year or two years after. So uh, uh, catastrophic and terrible things could happen a year and two years after. So everybody taking it was taking a risk. I believe they had a right to take that risk, but that was their right. It wasn't the, the government couldn't enforce their doing it. I mean, that's what a communist government does. That's what a Nazi government does. That's what a fascist government does. That's not what a government does when we have free citizens. And there were too many questions about this vaccine. Number two, it turns out in the long run that we were right. We were right, first of all. It's not a vaccine. That's a false statement. A vac- it's, at best, it was a treatment, and it didn't work as a treatment. More people got the disease or pretty close to it with the vaccine than without it. Arguably, more people transmitted it with the vaccine than without it. Uh, it may have had some effect on the on, on the impact in the long run, but it sure as heck uh, wasn't better than being immune. And now I think most doctors would admit that immunity, natural immunity, was much better. So they gave us all the wrong advice and probably got a lot of us killed. Well, thank you for bringing that up. It's really important, and it's one of the reasons why I think Robert Kennedy Jr.'s candidacy is so important. Uh, we'll be back with the mayor's final thoughts. America's mayor, Rudy Giuliani. Back with the, the mayor's final thoughts. Br- brought to you by, sponsored by, uh, Tunnel to Towers, T2T.org. Tunnel to Towers takes care of those who take care of us. The people who put their lives at risk to protect us. And God forbid if they die... Tunnel to Towers is there to help the family pay the mortgage on the home. And if they get catastrophically injured, Tunnel to Towers is there to try to build a smart home for them, a home where they can have the maximum amount of independence. And for $11 a month, T2T.org, you'll be able to be part of it. So my final thoughts uh, today will be about um, the movie that has uh, – Led at the box office with a tremendous, as a tremendous surprise. It's in half the theaters that the, um, that the other movie, the Disney movie is in, uh, with Harrison Ford. And, uh, it has, uh, outperformed it by 40, 50%, even though it's in half the theaters. And, uh, it's a very serious work, a very, very uh, difficult one to watch, brilliantly performed. Uh, about uh, child uh, trafficking, uh, 
and particularly child trafficking over the over the southern border, uh, controlled by the Mexican cartels. The the movie was done about four years ago and blocked, just completely blocked by Hollywood. Um, the 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 left wing goon squads like Rolling Stone, etc., say it's somehow a QAnon movie. Now I don't I don't. Uh, I, I don't know enough about QAnon to, to analyze why it's a QAnon movie. Uh, and if it is, I, I don't know wh- why that matters in a way, because what they're uh, portraying is absolutely true. I've known this for years. Uh, human trafficking and child trafficking is as old as I was U.S. attorney and associate attorney general and in charge of immigration. And it is a, a particularly bad now, and uh, I know that from all of the law enforcement people that I talked to, including a number this weekend. Uh, and you know it because you see you see pictures of it. So I don't know what they're complaining about. This is a terrible thing to take children. It uh, I can only I can only uh, uh, imagine that there are sinister motives behind the uh, complaints about this movie. It's uh, just for the same reason that I can only imagine that reducing the penalties for pedophilia in California had sinister motives. Uh, the, 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 the movie uh, does nothing. Uh, is it fictionalized in some ways? That I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to set up an interview with Mr. Ballard, Tim Ballard, who is the hero, you know, the person whose life this is based on, he he decided to devote his life to starting an organization to go get these children back. So that's what the movie is about. It's about him, and Jim Caviezel plays his part. Uh, that's probably one of the reasons it's, it's, uh, it's controversial, because he was Jesus in the Passion. But, um, well, I'm going to be filling in for Bo, my good friend Bo, uh, right after this, and then it's going to go into the John and uh, Rita show. So um, I'll say goodbye for a minute, and I'll be back substituting for both Snurdly. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org. Rudy Giuliani. Former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani filling in uh, for James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, my good friend and your good friend. Bo is uh, taking a vacation this week, and I'll be filling in in the first half hour. And then you'll get an early uh, preview and version of uh, Cats and uh, and, and, and Cosby, uh, their uh, wonderful panel uh, discussion, which really uh, is always very exciting and always breaks some news. So you want to stay you want to stay tuned for that. There's plenty of things for them to discuss today, even if they don't break news. And I'm pretty sure they will. Uh, so let's go over some things that, uh, well, you know what I'm going to do? There's a call here, and the number, by the way, is 1-800-848-9222. That's 1-800-848-9222. There's a call here on the last subject 
uh, that I was discussing, the movie Sound of Freedom from Char in Long Island. Why don't we take that so we can stay on the same subject? Then I'll go over a group of items and we can talk about them that you're just not going to read anywhere else. Okay? So go ahead, Char. Hi. Hi, Hi. Rudy. How are you? This is Char from Long Island. Char, okay. Yes, from Centerport, Long Island. And I just wanted you to, I listened to your last segment, and I uh, just wanted you to know I went to the movie on Saturday. I am the grandmother of six between the ages of five and 13. Wow. And we couldn't find a theater to get into. We had to go towns away. Every single show, every single time period was sold out. I didn't. I knew a little bit about ha. what I was walking into, but um, you, you obviously over, you got in, right? We did, but we were one of the last ones. Where'd you watch it? I think sorry. Where did you watch it? I went over to Levittown. There, I watched it in Levittown too on Saturday. I went to the four fifteen showing in Levittown. I was there this show before yours. <laughs> Isn't that amazing? Yes. Isn't that amazing? You know, I used to live out there. And I was playing all around Manhattan, and I decided, get out the car and go and sh- uh, show my partners where I used to live in, in uh, Garden City South in North Belmar. So, uh-huh, uh-huh. Well, we, 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 I live in the Huntington area, yep. and we couldn't find an Yeah, yeah. Hard to, I, I had to call up, and I had to um, – they were like the last – we got th- – um, one, two, three, four seats. We got the last four seats, and uh, in the, th- the la- there were six left, and we got four of them exactly what happened to us so when it was over you could have heard a pin drop in the theater of course yeah. nobody moved and nobody spoke because there were good people in the theater right oh no, my god not these there, creeps there, from hollywood and uh. no there were no creeps and there is no q anon or whatever they talk well, yeah i don't about. even get this i mean I, I have a vague idea of q anon from you know january 6th stuff and and suppose I think one of the charges against them is they exaggerate the pedophilia uh, that exists in uh, Hollywood and um, and among Democrats. Uh, uh, whether they do or they don't, I mean, this is a subject on which we should all be able to come together. There's no Republican or Democratic uh, position on stealing children, right? It's just evil. <laughs> it's evil. In children. Saving children from the most horrific ending of their life in every way. And I think every parent and every grandparent should see this around the world. And keep your eye on your babies. Do keep your eyes on your babies. It is worse now than the drug smuggling in the world. And I truly believe that this movie is doing the greatest service to the greatest good of all people. And as you re- as you will remember, the last thing they asked you, if you can do nothing else about this movie, tell somebody else about it. Hundred percent. Please, uh, I, I, let's urge every. What's you and I together? Since we both saw it the same place, same time, just about. Let's urge everyone to go see this, because I mean, even if you can't, even if you're not in a position, a person is not going to do something about it except to be careful. The more people alerted to this. We'll have we'll have a sea change if we have people alerted to it, and and I I mean I I know this subject. This is you know, law enforcement was really my life, not politics, and uh, this has been a problem for years, but it's become an epidemic now. So I would when I this was a problem when I was an assistant U.S. attorney and a U.S. attorney used to be at the Port Authority, 
They'd hang around the Port Authority and they'd wait for kids that came in from the Midwest usually. Uh, I remember they were looking for blonde young girls. That was that prime thing they're looking for, like anywhere from about 10 to uh, 13 or 14. And and then they'd have other requirements. They'd be looking for brunettes. They'd be looking for, and we would we would we would arrest them, and and it was a bad problem. It was disgusting, but now it is exceedingly well organized. Our president is an aider and a better of this because the border is open, and this is uh, coordinated largely by the Mexican cartels, and the Mexican cartels have become very sophisticated, or because of us of America. And because of Biden, largely, the Mexican cartels are getting richer and richer and richer. They are allowed with almost no interference at the border to bring fentanyl over. And from fentanyl, they make a fortune, and so does China. And then along with that, they uh, 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 traffic in human beings, mostly children, but human beings in general. And it is it, there are, there are some immigration experts that say they make more on that than they make on drugs. There are others that say it's close. They make more on drugs. But I mean, (laughs) I guess the point that I'm making is this is being, this is being uh, managed by professionals now. And they're very good at it and they're going to continue to do it because they make a fortune unless they get hit really hard. And they're not only being not hit, they're being aided by our government because they're being allowed to come over without detection, which is uh, one of the biggest horrible, evil things that Biden is doing. Uh, Only one. Okay? Uh, Let's go to Stephen in Hawthorne. How you doing, Mr. Mayor? Hi, Stephen. All right. How you doing today? I agree with you. I agree with your comments. You, You and Mark Levin have always been able to eviscerate everybody else when it comes to these kind of things, you can get right to the heart of the matter and they can't dispute it. As far as, as far as Biden in the white house, he's just following Satan and nobody wants to bring that up. And I know you read the letters from Archbishop Vigano to Trump. This is all happening now. And I'm not trying to sound like a religious guy, but it's happening in front of us. Well, I'm not far you, from that. I mean, I'm not, I'm not sure. I, I would say, uh, I wouldn't say Satan because I think you lose people when you say that. And you get them off into, you know, religion and spirituality that maybe they're not ready for. Uh, you can come to the conclusion of evil several ways. You can come to the conclusion of evil from a spiritual point of view, Satan, the devil. You can come to the position of evil from, you know, uh, uh, natural morality, having nothing to do with belief in God. Biden's an evil man. Yeah, and I'm going to give you uh, the best indication of it, uh, the fact that he won't recognize his granddaughter. That, it takes an evil person to do that. Because, and it isn't just that he's not doing it because of some weird thing like, you know, used to be in the old days, if you didn't marry within your religion or your ethnic group or whatever, the father would disown the child and all that other stuff. That is crazy cultural stuff. This is narcissistic sickness. This is he doesn't want the embarrassment. You know, he doesn't. In other words, he won't take any political damage for, for having a, a, his son having an illegitimate child. I mean, given the things that his son has done, this is, uh, this, <coughs> and it's not the kid's fault. And the damage done to a child by something like this is extraordinary. 
I mean, it, is it the worst thing he's done? Maybe. Uh, on the other, uh, but I mean, he's an aider and a better in this in these fentanyl deaths, in this child trafficking. My goodness, the people in Ukraine would be alive if we didn't have this halfwit for president. They wouldn't have invaded. Uh, Putin wouldn't have invaded if we had a compass mentors president, a president with a mind, and certainly not if we had Trump. We know that. Thousands of people would be alive. A hundred thousand or more would be alive if this guy were not in the White House. And we can go on and on. Yes, he's evil, and he's turning us over to China. How can you escape the fact that he got all that money from China and he's doing look at look at yelling bowing to China. I understand. I, I got a call early this morning and I'm trying to check it out that she's in the hospital for a bad back. She was um I think she's in John Hopkins. You can send her flowers if you want, uh, from bowing so much. I mean she bowed to every Chinese person she met, not just the vice president vice vice premier and the secretary of Tre- the treasury minister she bowed to the guy who you know got her out of the car and she bowed to the waiter and she bowed i mean she spent basically uh i think if she wasn't as heavy she would have gone all the way down to her nose did you see it with the guy where she's she just doesn't take like one little bow of the head it's like bow 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 somebody tried to stop her but of course she was there with her real boss the chinese communist this is outrageous that she's doing it. Doesn't she know Americans don't bow? Did you hear me yelling? Communists bow. Americans don't bow. We stopped that in 1776. If you're an American, which is what they are not any longer, this election in 2024 is going to be whether you want to keep your country because they're giving it away. Uh, let's go to let's go to uh, Alex in Brooklyn. Hello, Mr. Mayor. Thanks for taking the call. Uh, sure. I wanted to comment about the border situation because I think the ramifications of that are so far-reaching. Uh, what you have now, in Mexico, because of all the money the cartel has made, they're policing in many cities in Mexico. So you can just imagine what the children over there are going through and the kind of crimes that they commit. But, but I do think, and I want to hear if you, you know, think this is a possibility in the next couple of years, it seems like the cartel, they're buying out the government of Mexico and they're going to be governing in Mexico. They're going to have the entire country underneath them. And we're going to have the United States is going to have a neighboring country that's being governed by people who have no regard for human life. And we're fighting a war for Ukraine, right? Because they're neighboring neighbors with with russia and we got to save them we're not looking out for our own, own country and we're setting it up to having a neighboring country with a government that's that despicable people of the cartel and it, they're being empowered because the borders open and because of all the people that they bring across here and charging all these illegal immigrants thousands of dollars and because of the cocaine and fentanyl and heroin that they can bring across the border because biden's leaving it open the ramifications of this is so bad. Yes, you're right. And you know what? Then the Democrats, what they're going to do is they'll say, oh, we got to start a war with Mexico and the members because now it's a threat because they're governing in Mexico. And they'll love doing that because the corporation is going to make a lot of money uh, from the military equipment that we're going to use in, the, in that war. People are going to die. It's going to be a terrible situation. They're setting it up. It could be avoided. Shut down the border. Let's fight them right now and fix the problem. 
avoid the problem. They're waiting for the problem so that they can then fix it and tell the people, hey, we're taking care of the United States of America. 100%. And they could shell out cash. It's, it's despicable what's going on. The only way to avoid war is by being uh, much better prepared for war than your enemy. And we're also inviting a war with China big time. Uh, we're basically invi- the way the way we encouraged, literally encouraged Putin to invade Ukraine. Every time Biden pathetically uh, uh, said, "We're not going to send troops. We're not going to send in boots. We're not no boots on the ground." Now, I don't think we should have, but I don't think we should have signaled it either. And then when the war started, we should have been there right away. I mean, uh, uh, Russia didn't have to get this position that it got uh, locking itself into uh, uh, Ukraine. We could have we could have helped Ukraine right at the very beginning. Uh, well, we didn't. I mean, we're still late with everything we give them. The only thing we give them quickly is money, and we have no one looking at the money. We, we, Biden has turned down every request for an inspector general of the money. I'm going to tell you at some other point why, because there's uh, all kinds of money that is still missing. Last time I checked, and I'm sure it's much higher, there's $5 billion in foreign aid missing as of the Obama administration uh, that Ukraine uh, was looking at and trying to find. And the Obama people told them, don't bother. Three billion of which uh, belongs to the to you, the American taxpayer. So it must be a much bigger number now. Well, we'll be back in just a few minutes. The mayor of New York City, Rudy Giuliani. This is Rudy Giuliani substituting for my friend Bo Snurdly. And in a few minutes, you'll be going right into Cats and Cosby, which is uh, the panel show run by John and Rita, and in the one I participate in um, often. In fact, I'll be on at 545. Give, uh, give me enough time to catch my breath, and we'll see what they want to talk about. I'm sure it'll be exciting, and I'm telling you, I think that show breaks more news than any radio show in radio. Uh, so let's see, what do we have here? Okay, let's try Trisha in Connecticut. Rudy, thanks so much for taking my call. Not at all, Trisha. How are you? I'm good. <laughs> as good as we can be in this terrible world. We're driven, being, our country's been yeah, driven down a I, suicidal I, I, path. Gosh, I'm, I'm about as optimistic a person as you'll ever meet, and it's, it's tough right now to be optimistic. It really is. And be God. honest. And be honest. If I didn't believe in God and know that he's ultimately in charge, I would be so depressed I couldn't stand it. But well, thank you for you saying that. You're right. You're 100% right. But go ahead. Um, if you'll indulge me for just a minute here, um, I know you believe God is real and that evil or the devil is real. Um, the Bible refers to a war or battle in heaven for the souls of mankind mm-hmm, mm-hmm, where mm-hmm. Satan or Lucifer wanted the power and glory for himself, and he took um, he took a third of the host of heaven with him. And we see many of those on the earth today, whereas Jesus Christ, the Jehovah of the Old Testament, mm-hmm. said that he would do the Father's will with the glory be to God the Father. So in my view... Today in the U.S., we are being ruled or have been by Satan's followers, many of them, such as the Biden family, 
uh, Alejandro Mayorka uh, destroying our border, and Gavin Newsom in California, Adam Schiff, among many others. I don't know if you realize that Gavin Newsom was, uh, when he was mayor of San Francisco, he took authority upon himself, which he did not have under the Constitution of California, to marry same-sex couples. And that was... Oh, before? You mean before it was legal to do that? Yes. I think yes, I do. I, th- I do know that. I do know that. Yep. Yep. Yeah, well, let I, me... Let, so let me... Uh, we've got... I've got a few more people to get on, and John and Rita are waiting to get in. So let me let, let me say that um, I... Um, Maybe I don't agree with you in the literal way in which you're describing, but I agree with you in the symbolic way in you're describing it. I do believe we are engaged right now in a battle between good and evil, and I think things have gotten that bad. And I first time that I can say, except maybe since the Civil War or Nazism maybe, that we've been involved in that, although we've always been involved in that with communism. Communism is pure evil. Uh, there's nothing about it, uh, any, anything short of evil. And if you've studied communism and you've watched it and you've watched it play out, uh, that is exactly what it is. And, uh, I, I think we don't realize often enough that many of these things that we see, which in and of themselves are evil, like, uh, defending uh, the process of, uh, uh child, uh, mutilation or uh, child trafficking, or uh, drug distribution, or giving people instruments so that they can kill themselves with drugs like we're doing in New York. We see these as individual wrongs, individual crimes, and in some cases the manifestation of evil, like like uh, Biden's, uh, the way in which Biden used his son as a bag man, I think is, indicates that the man is an evil man. Uh not everybody who steals is evil. They're all bad, but they're not all evil. That's a big word. But uh, when you when you take your son who's fragile, and as a young boy, you put him in business with the worst criminals in the world, you're evil. And that's what we have in the White House. And uh, you're right to say that. Well, we'll be back uh, tomorrow. When you come back, you're going to have John and Rita sitting here with their terrific panel. Don't miss it. They're going to break news. I'm telling you, they won't disappoint me. I'm looking at them right now, and they look like they're getting ready. We'll be back in a minute. Save big money when you start your next project today at Menards. Convert your current recessed lighting with energy-saving LED downlights from Fight Electric. They're bright and install easily in just minutes. They also go from regular lighting to nightlight mode with just a simple flip of a switch. Save big on all Fight Lighting products now at Menards. Shop our lighting options today in-store and on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards.